In this episode, I'll talk about something that I think about a lot when I'm training and maintaining my horses. I also use this technique when teaching to help students learn how to choose what to focus on when training their horses at home. And that technique is to identify one thing that will have the biggest impact for achieving the best results for your horse. You know, we can often think of lots of things that we want to improve, but it's not always so easy to come up with only one. So here we go. Episode 50, the one thing. Hi, I'm Karen Rolfe and welcome to Horse Training in Harmony. This podcast is about you making progress with your horse in a way that you both can love. It's about learning how to move and be in harmony. Because yes, you really can develop a horse to be both athletic and happy. When we show up as our best selves for our horses, our horses will show up for us. So let's get started. So welcome to episode 50. Episode 50, we're halfway to 100. This feels like something to celebrate. (laughs) So I'm celebrating tonight by allowing myself to be in my jammies when I record this podcast. And uh, I have some bubbly water because I'm feeling fancy. You know, bubbly water is actually uh, a little bit of a risk when recording a podcast. (laughs) You never know when those little burps are going to come up. (laughs) So yeah, we're, we're living on the edge here at the Horse Training in Harmony podcast. Anyway, let's get, let's get into it. So we ambitious, self-aware, humble horsemen and horsewomen often have no trouble seeing where we want to go and realizing all the things that we need to do to improve and have no trouble committing to working harder or doing better next time, putting the time in, doing what we need to do. But often what we have trouble with is picking just one thing to focus on. And I don't think this is a a horse thing. I think this is a human thing. So uh, I want to tell just a little story about uh, I was in a a mastermind program um, for uh, my business at one point. And one of the things I had to help people with accountability and to make progress was this thing called a power tool. And you were supposed to log in on this website and write down three things that you were going to do in an hour. And then there's a little timer that counted down. And then you could, you know, after the end, you wrote whether you did it or not. And um, and I always thought this was for people who had trouble making them sit down, making themselves sit down and do work. And so I I used to use that tool and I was kind of like, it's no problem. Work for an hour. Watch me. I'll work for six. (laughs) You know, not sure what to get done. I can, I can not only pick three things, I'll give you 10 things that I'm going to work on. And so for like a couple of years of myself using this tool, I'd write down three things And I'd sit down for not just the hour, but I'd sit down for multiple hours and get lots of stuff done. And I thought I was winning. Uh, 
And then I realized at some point, it's like, oh, wait, that might be one of the purposes. But there's a big difference between sitting down and doing stuff. And there's a difference between that and um, practicing having really uh, precise, achievable, measurable, check-offable, completed goals, like completed tasks. And to have those tax, tasks completed within exactly a certain time frame. So for me, I, I realized I had this, these open-ended, you know, what, what were the things I was going to write down? I was like, I'm going to work on stuff, <laughs> you know? And so I worked on stuff for a long period of time, but I realized that I didn't have like the satisfaction of going, I did this and I did that. So, you know, this is, it's not exactly related <laughs> to what I'm going to talk about, but it, it is. For me, it was the process of going, instead of just doing stuff, figure out exactly what I'm going to do that is exactly able to be completed in the prescribed time period. And using it that way really helped me uh, hone, uh, hone my focus. It helped me prepare better and choose more wisely what I was going to do. And it helped me realize the power of small things done well to completion, right? So in using that tool, instead of saying, I'm going to sit down for whatever block of time <laughs> and do stuff, I'd write down things like, I'm going to answer this one person's email. I'm going to uh, file this number of papers that's been sitting on my desk and I'm going to come up with the title of something, you know, really small things that I, um, originally would have thought, oh, that's just too small and silly. It's not worth, you know, that's not a real completion of a goal, <laughs> right? So by going through that process, it trained my brain to focus on the power of small, precise, concise, completable, tangible, check-offable things. And I think that that's helped me with my horses and my horsemanship. So um, this is something that I've carried for, forward with me. And some recent rides on my horse ovation kind of reminded me of this and highlighted this way of thinking. Um, so I thought that's why I thought I'd do this for this podcast. So Ovation, he's not an easy horse to kind of keep in his best zone over time. Uh, there are some horses that I feel like they are, they're, they're who they are. And the more I play with them in freedom, the more they kind of stay who they are. And that's my sort of starting point home base. And then I can go on from there. Uh, and if I get off track at some point and things kind of head in a wrong direction, I'm like, whoops, how did I get over here? <laughs> I need to get back to home base. Then if I like go for a trail ride or just do some freestyle riding and go for a big laps around the field or just like leave them alone, 
then they kind of come back to their home base and I can start fresh and move forward from there. Now, other horses, <laughs> innovation is one of them. Uh, it's That's true to a degree, but when I'm thinking of my dressage success, that that's not the case, that leaving him on his own, um, if I want to achieve my dressage kind of goals, um, leaving him on his own, um, he kind of falls into a million different pieces. <laughs> so um, if you think about, maybe you've heard the analogy of um, an airplane, you, know, you put in the coordinates, even with the like fancy autopilot, you put in the coordinates of your destination, computer points it at where it needs to go. But in reality, it's spending 90 something percent of the time being off course. So you plug in the coordinates, you head there, and then the wind drifts it off, and then you correct and come back, and then it drifts off the other direction, then it brings it back. And so it's, you know, you have the straight line to your goal, and then you have the reality of you're sort of floating on either side of midline. And that's an analogy that um, that I use a lot in my training, to, to know that that is the process, so we don't try to make straight lines. We we go with the flow a little bit. And as long as we're able to notice and then adjust, let it go, notice, adjust, let it go, notice, adjust, let it go. So that's kind of my, my style of training is embracing that dynamic anyway. And that's why when you work with me, you don't often hear me say things like, keep your leg on, don't let that shoulder leak out. <laughs> it's more like go to neutral. And, you know, and then make sure your communication for correction works and play on either side of midline to find the alignment. Okay, what was I talking about? <laughs> um, anyway, so ovation is kind of like being in an airplane on a really windy day <laughs> where the wind changes directions a lot. And, you know, a little, you know, a 2%, 1% deviation off course over time can get you off course by a lot. And so, you know, so ovation is, is kind of like that. I feel like if I let everything go, he just goes like blowing in the wind, like a, like a paper bag in the wind. It's kind of like herding geese to keep him in his best zone for a dressage training. And I mean, he's a good boy. He does what I say. He's, there's no communication issues, really. It's just kind of physically, that's what his body does. So he's naturally a horse that likes to go on the forehand, and he's got a lot of pushing power. So he lots, likes to really powerfully go on the forehand. And he's also the kind of horse that if I do, I don't know if you guys do this, but I like to do like let my horse go wherever they want sometimes. <laughs> and with ovation, if I let him go wherever he wants, it's incredibly entertaining because he'll trot along and then he'll do like a U-turn. I mean, really committed U-turn. And he might do like a U-turn and then a U-turn and then a U-turn. And then he'll go straight line for a little bit. Then he's like, oh, what's over there? And then he goes over there. So he's, that's what he's like. Natia, if I let her go where she wants, she just goes in long straight lines, like like a normal horse. <laughs> she goes somewhere. Anyway, I love ovation. I really do. 
So like I said, riding ovation is like herding geese. He's not quite like herding cats, <laughs> but, but like very distracted geese. So recently I got off track with ovation. I don't know how it happened, but, <laughs> um, you know, we, we had a good zone, we were in a good spot and then, you know, over the days it's like, well, that wasn't as good a ride, but that's okay. He's going really well. And then, well, oh, that's funny that that ride wasn't quite as good. Well, next tomorrow will be better. And, and then all of a sudden I'm like, duh, how did I get here? I got, I got out of the zone. Now my geese are all scattered again. How am I going to get it back? And every time this happens, I kick myself because I think I couldn't, I could have, should have noticed it sooner. I should have noticed when one goose ran off. How did I not notice? What did I drop? What ball did I drop? What did I miss? Why couldn't I figure out how to get back on course? But sometimes when, you know, when, uh, it's not like all the geese start heading in a direction. You got like one that's just a little off track over here and another goose is a little off track over there and another one's a little. So he kind of, usually we lose it in a, in a lot of different areas, just a little bit. <laughs> so we're mostly there, but not quite. And then how I know is because it, you know, I keep having too many days in a row where I'm thinking, oh, tomorrow will be better. <laughs> okay. I think I addressed that tomorrow will be better. And then I, if I say that too many days in a row, I have to stop and go, wait a minute, I'm missing something. I'm missing something. What's the piece? And so that's what I do is I sit myself down and I say, what's the one thing? So with ovation, it's usually a balance and self-carriage thing. Actually, the first thing I check is just, uh-oh, have I been doing too much of the same thing? And I need to have some variety and some partnership time. But that I usually can tell. But as far as the when we're physically out of, out of whack, it's usually balance and self-carriage. But the thing is that there's lots of ways to address that. So that gets me in the right ballpark, but it doesn't really give me one thing. So I thought about and, and I always feel like I'm working on balance and self-carriage in every ride. I mean, that's all, that's, those are my t top priorities. So it's like, okay, yeah, of course it's balance and self-carriage. It's always balance and self-carriage, but what about it? What am I missing? So I, I sat myself down and I thought back to, okay, historically speaking, what are all the biggest breakthroughs? What do they have in common? What's the one thing. And the biggest breakthroughs, the bi biggest successes as far as when things don't feel good and then when they turn around and start to feel good again, what did I do then? Because we have lots of little breakthroughs. Like when things are going well, I can have breakthroughs that make things go even better. But what are the breakthroughs that always bring me back to home base from the negative back to home base? And it's always related to with him being more precise and more careful. Okay. It's about balance and self-carriage done precisely and with care. That's still not very precise. Okay. So thinking back, all right, it's usually I'm doing a lot of walking 
And I'm really thinking about the tempo. And I'm usually thinking first step, best step. Like ovation does not do well to like ride around, 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 and around, hoping it somehow gets better. It's usually in a fix it up so it starts good. And then work on maintaining it. Okay, we're getting closer. It's still not the one thing. What really is the piece? And for ovation, the piece is where he carries his neck. And it makes total sense with this horse because um, ovation is all about his head. <laughs> I mean, I know this is going to sound weird, but I think every horse has sort of their their thing. And for ovation, he's very, very oral. He's very... Um, in control of his own head. His head is his favorite body part. I mean, he's always sticking his head in things and mouthing things and licking things and swinging that head around, you know, and, and th that's his dominant body part to, for lack of a better thing. And I don't know if every horse has their version of that, but with ovation, it's very strong. He's very oral horse. And he takes over in his head and neck. Like other horses might take over with speed or with their shoulders, you know, or something like that. But with ovation, it's his head. And thinking back that some of the biggest breakthroughs I've made have always been when I'm walking precisely and being very conscientious about exactly where his neck is height wise, like up or down, how tall is his neck, because there's a precise place where um, if I get it just right, it's up enough that he shifts his weight to his hind end and I can feel his back feet. And then if I can get him on the hind feet that way, then he's in self-carriage and I can really let go of his neck so he's tall and long with his neck. Like that's the whole key. If I can have ovation tall and long with his neck and open in the throat latch and that's really tricky on him because he likes to go down and then he likes to kind of, um, he has a tendency to want to curl, um, and be a little strong. So <laughs> it took me a while to get there. Like, and this is a horse I know he's eight, he's 18. I've had him since he was three, <laughs> but I still have to sit down and think about this. Because we go on this journey and like I said, someday, sometime way down the road, you take a wrong turn and sometimes you have to go sit down for a second and go, wait a minute, how do I get back? So that was the one piece. It's worked before, you know, and it's, it's, so I tried it again. So this past week I, I rode him the same way I ride him if I, if I was coming back from an injury or something like that. And that's usually when my biggest breakthroughs are because I'm more careful and, and by be careful, I mean, just, I'd ride everything with care, really thinking about, is this the best place for him? And I'm precise. And again, spending a lot of time at the walk, never underestimate the power of improving the walk, you improve so much. So um, this past um, week, I spent a lot of time walking. I used the neck rope. So I could use the neck rope to lift his neck and to 
and to help my body talk to his body. And because I realized I want the neck to be long and tall. And so this way I had no risk of my reins accidentally shortening his neck or accidentally giving him something to want to curl or lean on. And I really thought about tempo and I really thought about feeling his back feet underneath me. And I really thought about uh, the maneuverability. And so not just in the dressage. So when I, when I have those themes, that's one thing, tall neck position, tall, long neck. That's the one thing. And that, so that I feel his hind feet so that there's a weight shift. So his hind feet are underneath them in a very natural and with as much freedom as possible. So once I realize the one thing, then I have, um, I have the ability to add some variety. So I can think about that one thing when I'm walking around in a field or into the arena or when I'm um, going through a gate. So there's a couple of gates I can go through when I'm riding around. And I realize that when I was doing the gates, he was kind of pushing his neck a little lower and I'd open the gate and he'd kind of lower his neck and push through. I'm like, oh, here's another opportunity where he can practice the one thing instead of practicing the other thing. And it becomes important. So once you know that one thing, you're going to start seeing it show up in all kinds of areas. So I thought about that one thing when I'm leading him. I thought about that one thing going through gates. I thought about that one thing as I picked up my reins. I thought about the one thing as I dropped my reins. I thought about the one thing in every beginning of every transition. How do, how does he feel right before I dismount? So there's, you know, it's so much easier to keep track of just one thing. And in doing that, you can go deep into the one thing. And if you find it and you find the, you really do find the one thing, it's the one thing that when that's improved, everything improves. And so, you know, it takes some trial and error to find the one thing. And even when you find it, you'll forget. <laughs> you'll go down the road and a year later, you'll go, oh man, I forgot. So ideally we're keeping track of this one thing all the time. But I, I also find in reality, we get the one thing, we get back to home base. Now we work on other things right? Because when things are going well, then you can pick lots of different one things to think about during your ride. Today, I'm thinking about power. Today, I'm thinking about lateral work. Today, I'm thinking about bend. So all of those different things, you know, are on the list of all the things we need to do to improve our horses. You can vary those um, throughout the sessions, but be really aware of kind of that, that that home base, to me, it's a six, right? It, to use it on a scale from one to 10. If like one is like, this is horrible. <laughs> and 10 is like, oh my God, <laughs> you know, we want to get a six. So in dressage scoring, six is like, nice. Hey, nothing's going wrong there. Right? So a six is, is a really good thing. It's like, there's, you're not in the negative. So for me, I like to, I like to have like, okay, if something starts feeling like it's in the negative, let's get the one thing that we know can get us back into home base as soon as possible. And then from home base, you can practice bouncing your attention from different things, you know, all the different things you need to do to develop your horse. 
I think it's a really good differentiation too, because otherwise we just train and we train and, you know, we're working and we're perfecting and then we're, you know, correcting and then we're correcting and correcting and then we're holding it together and then we look up and go, wait, how did I get here? So I think it's really important to think of when are you in the negative and you need to just get back to like, nice. <laughs> and when, you, when are things going nicely and you're building? And we want to notice that because we need to, for me, if I start getting into the negative, like too many things are like, uh oh, I'm, I'm playing cleanup too much. I need to stop and sit myself down and have a little think because whatever I was doing got me into the negative. And one thing is, you know, it's easier to think about than 20 million things. It becomes like a mantra. Right. So, so this last week with ovation, that was my mantra, like, Oh, hold, you carry your own neck up there and I will get out of its way. I will not restrict your neck at all. As long as it's up and it's tall and I can feel your back feet. And I'm happy to report that it worked. So within, after, after sitting myself down and coming up with the one thing within, um, four sessions, well, three sessions. And then on the fourth one, it was like, Oh, he's back, baby. And we had such a beautiful ride and hopefully, you know, I'll catch it sooner. I, I always pledge to catch it sooner. And every now and then I mess up and I don't. So we're all in this together. <laughs> it's the journey, right? <laughs> all right. So I hope that helps. Um, for those of you who have the Happy Athlete Progress Journal, uh, this is probably familiar because in the Progress Journal at the end of every session, I have a question that I tempt people to ask themselves, which is, um, you know, at the end of the day, when your horse goes back to his pasture mates, what will he tell his friends he learned in the session? Or what will he tell his friends was important about that session? And so, for example, for this week, I was hoping that when Ovation went back and hung out with Hotshot and Hotshot said, what was that about today? And Ovation would be like, Ooh, I got to carry my own neck. When I carry my own neck up, everything feels better. <laughs> then I know I got the one thing and I let my horse know. So that's my question to you is what's your one thing with your particular horse? And I think you probably will know the answer. What's your one thing that goes, that has the best chance of bringing your horse from negative back to home base, back to your like, nice, from here we can move on. What's your one thing? What's the one thing that if you make progress there, it's going to make everything else easier. All right. And if you feel like heading over to Dressage Naturally Land Facebook group and sharing it, I think that would, could be really cool because I'm sure we, um, you know, just like me sharing with Ovation, I'm sure gave somebody an idea. I think by sharing our one thing that we discovered with our horse, uh, for somebody else in the group who has a doppelganger of your horse, well, it'll help them too. All right. Well, let me know. Bye. If this episode resonates with you, make sure you subscribe on Apple podcasts or wherever you're listening. Training horses is a long game. The more you listen, the more pieces of the puzzle you'll have. To see all your learning resources, visit dressagenaturally.net 
That's where you'll find free videos, online courses, my book. You can sign up for my Wednesday Wisdom email or even book a private consult. Most of all, remember, you got this. Never underestimate the possibility for things to improve in ways you cannot yet imagine. Till next time, love your horse, move in harmony, and enjoy the process.